First question. I, I thought this was a good, great question, and I thought we ought to, to look at it. Uh, what differences in belief between Open Door and Calvinism? I've heard a few times during sermons where Calvinists have been mentioned, seemingly derogatory, uh, that it made me wonder how different they are. And uh, so I thought, uh-oh, you know, probably if I'm really good at offending people. First, I would tell you, um, if you know me, I like humor. And so sarcasm is one of my gifts. Brian Ferkelik is not here, who's my other really, oh, yeah. if you know Brian at all, he's a little, a little bit sarcastic. Um, and I really appreciate that. But yes. uh, um, we wanted to look at this, at this issue because it's very key to who we are really as a staff and as a church and looking at the times in which we live. A lot of times people say to me, well, it really doesn't matter what people believe as long as we do this, that, and the other. And, and there can be a paradigm where that is correct, but the problem in American Christianity today is that most Christians really don't know what they believe. Right, yes. And one of the missions of our church, as y'all know, we are a teaching church. I want you to know what you believe. Yes. All three of us do. Yes. And one of the great things as a senior pastor, as a lead pastor that I enjoy is knowing that whether it's in Brother Brock's growth group, whether it's in Pastor Danny's class or Pastor Cody over in the youth group, that our church presenting a consistent and fairly unified, yeah. <laughs> fairly, yes. we, every now and then, three, <laughs> we do disagree on some things, but we have a set of principles that we agree on. Yeah. And if, if I don't intend to be derogatory, whoever felt that way, I am a little sarcastic at times, and that comes out of a life experience where uh, typically folks who hold the, the, the view of Calvinism are are, uh, it's considered to be the intellectual position. Um, all the smart people have it. So if you don't hold that position, it's just because you're just not quite smart enough. Mm. If you could just understand right. better. And so every now and then, because it's also part of my way, I'm gonna use the absurd to make you know, a point. I, I don't mind doing that. And so to say that I'm not gonna nail them a time or two in the future would probably be disingenuous, so I'm not gonna say it. I probably will, but it's not my purpose to do to be you know, necessarily unkind. I have friends of mine in ministry that, are, that hold to the to hold to Calvinist uh, tenets, and uh, you know, we're, we're good friends. Sometimes we, you know, we, we play name that Spurgeon quote back and forth. Um, you know, uh, Charles Spurgeon was a Calvinist, but he was a conflicted one. And he has a lot of things that he said that he would say, ah, and he would make very free grace statements. Right. Um, and so I, I'm assuming, which is a mistake, that you all understand what Calvinism is. Some people, Christians, and have no idea. This guy, John Calvin, uh, lived, what, 14, 1500? Yeah. Uh, but I would personally say that the tenets of Calvinism began with St. Augustine. Yes. Uh, you know, he's really the one that undergirded a lot of this, which yep. was like 83, 400. Yep. So it's, this, is, this is very old. And it has five basic tenets. I had Allie throw a, a slide up there, a picture of, it's called the tulip. And they use that as an, an acronym to remember the, the, you know, the five points of Calvinism. And yeah. when you look at them, they, they seem reasonable. Um, and yet, uh, you know, and you guys can jump in here with me before I, well, we're gonna talk about this really quickly because we don't have a lot of time, but I think this is important. Uh, um, total depravity. Uh, Calvinists believe that man is totally depraved. You say, well, I agree with that. In our church, we agree with that too. But there's a distinction there. A Calvinist believes that man is so totally depraved that he cannot choose right. That man is incapable of making that choice. And, and so in order for uh, someone under the view of Calvinism to be saved, they, they, have to, uh, they have to be elect, which is the second point, unconditional election, that God chooses 
who he's going to bring to saving faith and grace and who he does not, which leads you to the, po the, the third point, limited atonement, uh, that, that the atonement was limited to those, the elect that would be saved. And see, a Calvinist literally believes that God has to come to a person first and regenerate them before they can ever be saved. In other words, God's got to help you be able to believe. We would teach that that comes at the very moment of salvation, that regeneration and salvation occur the moment you right. choose to believe in Jesus Christ for everlasting life. And, and so you can have somebody who's been regenerate, but they haven't been converted yet, and they'll say, well, it's just a matter of time because they are of the elect, which is why the fourth point, irresistible grace. If you're part of the elect, it doesn't matter what you think. You will be irresistibly drawn because you've been chosen. And we, we would disagree with that. Then perseverance of the saints. Again, it sounds good that all true believers will, will persevere until the end. The problem when you read in their, in their state what they mean by this is that this is their test for whether a person's really a Christian or not. Um, if if a, somebody who says they're a Christian, they fall away from the faith or they commit some, what we would deem a terrible sin, people would say, well, if they were really a Christian, they couldn't do that. To which my response is always like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> there, there's some people in here that I believe are in heaven that did some pretty bad things like murder and immorality, all kinds of bad things. Um, so the, the, the problem with these positions, and I'm going to only say two things that... Um, why for me personally it became a very it's a very passionate thing for me um, and I saw Pastor Danny brought out some of his some great books out here uh, this the moon in the middle is called what love is this I think this is probably the most easily readable of these three books on why it matters and the title of the book what love is this and we know the two outstanding traits of God is that God is holy and God is love in my humble opinion, the Calvinists lose a sight of the love of God. Yeah. They get so wrapped up in the sovereignty of God, they lose sight of the love of God. And for me, when I consider ultimately what, what that theology teaches, and, and I've had many an argument or discussion, Pastor Danny discusses, I argue. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's called the apologetic <laughs> ministry. <laughs> That's what I'm, oh, I, yeah. I'd probably start becoming derogatory. Um, uh, so that's his. That's his. And, you know, Cody, you're a nice guy like me. You know, <laughs> you're probably too nice all the way around. The youth pastor's nice. Um, wait, after you have your fill of it in a few years, you'll get, you'll get mean too. Oh, I got it at PCC. <laughs> they try and indoctrinate you. So, there you go. But, but I get really passionate when I discuss this with some of my Calvinist friends, and they, don't, they, they always come back to, you just don't understand, you understand. I said, no, it, it's not that complicated. To me, John 3.16 sums up everything you need to know. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he motivated by love, yeah. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, <laughs> whosoever, yeah. no, that means the elect, no, it doesn't. It means whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, present tense, possess yep. everlasting life. Amen. And why I personally am so passionate, and these two pastors may have their own, I'm sure they do, reasoning, but the more I studied this, the more I saw, and, when I, and I've been honest with some of my Calvinist friends, said you can't have it both ways. Mm -hmm. If God chooses some people to go to heaven, God chooses some people to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And that is not the love or the character 
of God. And they can dance around it all they want, and they can tell you, no, 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 not going to get, not in my world, you're not getting away with it. If God says these per- people over here are going to be irresistibly drawn no matter what they do because I've chosen them and they're part of the elect, well, then, then these people over here are not. And it leads to the, the, to the conclusion that God created people full well knowing that he was creating them to go to hell and they would do that for his glory. No. Now, does God know everything? Does God's omniscience, is it threatened? No, but we in our theological position believe that God can... God can foreknow stuff without him being the causation of it. He said, well, then why did God still do it? Because God still loved. And if believers would get their heart and head around the love of God, it would change the way we live. We have a hard time believing that God could really love the mess that we are. And yet he does. The second thing, and I'm going to turn to these guys, is when it comes to this type of theology if you, part of what we do is we see, see people saved and we want them to grow in the Lord we disciple them <laughs> if they really follow discipleship at some point they're going to come to you and ask you about this whole issue of election da 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 and I have seen it destroy people and I've seen it destroy entire churches personally myself you have to answer these questions and when it comes to discipling people as a pastor I have got to help them grow from child infancy in the faith to a mature Christian. That's my job. It's much like raising a child, which is very hard. Those of you who have children, it's hard, isn't it? Calvinism teaches that the way you know you're part of the family is by, this is one of their favorite verses, and (laughs) we have a new part of our website that Pastor Danny deals with this verse great. By your fruits you shall know them. And they have no idea what that really means. It's up on our website, and we've started a whole new page called Free Grace Matters. You can check it out there. We answer that question, some very common questions that you might hear. But here's my problem. If you have your own child, and you want to raise them up to be a responsible adult, do you think the best way of parenting your child is every time your child disobeys or does something you don't like, that you look at them and say, you know, I'm wondering if you're really one of mine or not at all. (laughs) You know, if you do that, You're out of the family. I don't think your mother really birthed you after all. We would call that child abuse. A child needs to know that they're unconditionally loved. Calvinism and Perseverance of the Saints says, and most famous Calvinists, whether it's uh, uh, the guy who wrote Sinners in the End, Jonathan Edwards or Arthur Pink or any of these guys, they all struggle. Even today, John Piper, he's got famous quotes where he's not sure he's on his way to heaven because he doesn't know if he did enough good. Have I persevered enough to get everlasting, what they call eternal salvation? What they Final think? salvation. And if I'm trying to raise somebody up to be in the faith, at some point I, they're going to fail. And I want them to know that the reason they're going to heaven is not because of their works, but it's because of the promise that Jesus Christ made to them out of love. See which one brings up more mature Christians? But I I could go on and I'm going to (laughs) stop. Guys, where where have I missed? Or what would, 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 Pastor Cody? Um, Yes, so thankfully, this, my whole journey with uh, Calvinism, I never actually got into it because uh, when I, before I went to PCC, my father-in-law actually gave me this book. 
Uh, I have yet to read the whole thing, but, <laughs> You're kidding. but I had already known that I didn't believe in Wasn't Calvinism. Wasn't that required reading? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, well, he gave All me permission to uh, marry his daughter before I read it, so. But there are a lot of students at Pensacola Christian that, that try and propagate Calvinism, argue with the instructors and everything, and so really it's... The thing I've seen, and, and I know not all, you don't want to whitewash yes. anyone who believes in Calvinism, but typically what they'll, what they'll say is, you know, we're, we're getting together for a Bible study, and I'll say, okay, like, what, what, are we, what, are you, what book are you studying? And they're like, we're reading John Piper, or we're reading John Calvin, or we're reading uh, John MacArthur, or any of these other guys, and a lot of times it gets taken from we're doing a Bible study from God's Word, to we're reading some book. And yes, these are all tools that are helpful, but none of us would go to here to try and prove our points. We would go to God's Word and say, this is what the Bible teaches, this is what the Bible yeah. says. And yeah. so often that's what I see, they, they defer to Piper or it's amazing. Calvin. And Brother Brock and I several years ago went to the John 3.16 conference, a Southern Baptist one, led by Johnny Hunt and uh, Charles Stanley, who I think are mm -hmm. free grace leaning Southern Baptists. And we went to that conference and Brother Brock and I, when we left, we noted that it seemed like the Southern Baptists like to prove their theology more by Southern Baptist yeah. statements of, of thing than the scriptures. <laughs> Where's the Bible in this? You know, so I, I see where you come from. By the way, uh, many of you know, I've said very nice things about John MacArthur. I was very big in his corner when he kept his church open during the pandemic. When he was in, on team leave church open like yeah. I was. And, and he wrote, he has some very good stuff on the filling of the spirit. Strange he, fire. Yeah, he, yeah he, he's got some, some, yep. some good stuff, but, um, but uh, it, it, definitely we are in the minority. I'm not going to lie to you. Most guys you hear on the radio, you know, Tony Evans would be an exception. He's, he yeah, leans, he's, he's, more he's free a free grace, grace guy. Um, but this, any rate, Pastor this Danny. This much I would say is, uh, I'll address the derogatory comment because a lot of times it, it may come off as, as just part of, just speaking and rhetoric and things like that, drawing a point, sort of like hyperboles, things like that. But the derogatory really comes from the teaching and not the person. Uh, one of the greatest influences of my Christian life was a man by the name of Todd Walker, who I met in the desert in Qatar. Yeah. And he was a Johnny Mac lover. He, he, uh, but I don't know if I've ever saw a person that showed that he loved Jesus as much as he yeah. did. I mean, he was highly influential to my Christian walk. And to this day, he's still a Calvinist. I uh, still call him my brother, we love each other, and he was a great guy. And so it's not the derogatory remarks towards a person. It is, it's the teaching. And one of the reasons for me that is is because early on when we were first stationed here and I worked over on Maxwell, there's a buddy of mine named Shane Correa. And basically, he was a John MacArthur follower, and he was a hardcore Calvinist. And this before I really got into theology. I was new in the faith. And one thing I couldn't wrap my head around was... Okay, Shane, if you believe that God elected you for salvation and you're willingly telling me that your mother is not saved and you're okay with God choosing not your mother, <laughs> how could you serve a God that chooses you but not your loved one because of the sovereignty of God? And so it really, the teaching is an affront, an attack on the character of God. And so it's not the person it's the teaching of lordship, salvation, and Calvinism. The only other thing I would say is a lot of times there's this false dichotomy that you're either a Calvinist or an Arminianist, mm -hmm. and it's one or the other, and that's, that's a faulty assumption. 
That's called a false dilemma. That's a false dichotomy. It's an either-or fallacy. And that's what this book really uh, brings out is there's other positions. You don't have to be one or the other. And it's not a mix of both of them either. And so if you go to the website, like Pastor Ken was saying, on our website, there's a tab under About Us that's called Free Grace Matters. And on that tab, that webpage, we tackle a lot of questions on what is free grace. And uh, we talk a little bit about Calvinism, stuff like that, and really define it. Because we can't be put in one of these boxes. We've got to go to Scripture. And instead of just chewing cud and regurgitating what we're being taught as orthodoxy, we've got to see how can we rightly divide the word of truth. And so, I, like I said, I have a friend of mine who I graduated high school with. He's a pastor in California. He's a, really, he's a John MacArthur guy. And he yeah. and I needle each other all the time. He'll send me a <laughs> meme. You know, and you know, so there's going to be some good-natured banter. But yeah. I, um, I, I totally agree with you there. It's... Uh, it, it, you know, sometimes churches that, what I found in Calvinistic churches who are really strong Calvinists, because some churches just don't talk about it a whole lot, you know, right. they just, you know, so there's different degrees there here, is. but I found yeah. some that, man, that's every, that's all everything ever is, and I don't, you know, at any rate, yeah. um, ultimately, one last thing on that is I think Calvinism ultimately destroys missions, Another reason I have an issue with it, because you can say what you want. They say, oh, we go, we go evangelize because God commanded us to. <laughs> okay, I think a better reason to go evangelize is because you love God. Yeah. Motivated by love, not necessarily obedience. But eventually you start going down the line and go, well, if God yeah. determined everything to happen, and right. no matter what I do, that person's going to get saved anyway. Yeah. I think I'll watch Roll Tide. <laughs> I think I'll watch the football game. For war the, Eagle, but... Yeah, yeah, or War Eagle. Yeah, that's right. I am a war... Um, DT's so, not here, so... That's right, DT's... 